Live from the backstretch at historic Saratoga Racecourse, this is Racing Across America with Seth Merrow. Racing Across America is brought to you by Pennell's Restaurant, a Saratoga tradition since 1922. 284 Jefferson Street, Saratoga, just minutes from the track. And the Clubhouse Racebook. 7-Eleven Central Avenue, Albany. When you can't make it to the track, make it to the Clubhouse Racebook. Good morning and welcome to Racing Across America on this Saturday morning, Saturday of Jockey Club Gold Cups and other nice stakes races on the card as well and some nice stakes action across the country, really. Um, so it should be a great day up here, though, but uh, weather... Very nice. Last three days, get in your uh, Saratoga visit because, as I say, weather's nice today and it's supposed to continue that way over the next couple of days. So it should be a lot of fun up here. Uh, on the show a little bit later, Peter Thomas Fornital will join us in the Money Media and more. We'll get some thoughts on this afternoon's card from Pete coming up a little bit later on. But we're kicking things off with our friend Brad Cox, who's had a pretty good meet uh, up here. And we'll talk a little bit about some of that in review and we'll do a little preview of some of the action coming up as well brad good morning good morning seth thanks for having me yeah happy to have you on uh talk a little bit about the the meet in general what were your expectations coming in and, and how <laughs> you have matched up so far you know i never really know what to think when you come to saratoga you know you always bring some horses uh that you know hopeful they can compete in some grade ones and some young horses hoping they can compete with some of the other powerful stables and um, it's been good. It's been really, really good. I think we have 13 wins to date, hoping uh, we can add to that. We always try to do a little bit bigger and better every year, and I think a couple years ago we had 13 wins. Last year we had 11. So, you know, if we could get one more this this Personal weekend. Personal record. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I know my son, he kind of, you know, runs the show up here and has done a great job, and he's definitely uh, – we thought we had that 14th win last night in the finale but oh, yeah. <laughs> our horse kind of uh decided otherwise yeah. but uh it, it's it's been a great meet it really has um and um talk a little bit about the family being involved and where are you stabled up here on the oklahoma side okay. we're right next door to todd um so it's a good spot we've been there for i think maybe four out of the last five years uh we train mostly on the oklahoma track and uh, yeah like i said my son blake uh looks you know is is the how long has he been here. involved Oh, well, basically since he got out of high school, even maybe a little bit before then, just based off, uh, you know, traveled with me a whole lot and, uh, you know, just grew up in the barn. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he's, he's <laughs> I guess since he was born, really. But, uh, now he, he's, uh, you know, plays a big role up here, and uh, they, he does a good job. Obviously, Dustin Dugas is my assistant at Belmont. We have enough horses to kind of keep that going for the summer, and he obviously sends horses up. But it, it's a team effort. You know, we've had winners that come from Ellis. Uh, Indiana Churchill so everybody pitches in and and it uh, works that way you got to have a pretty you know big operation to be to be a uh, player here at Saratoga it's the best racing there is um and for folks who maybe haven't watched when we had you on previous years your background you're a Louisville guy right so you've been involved in horse racing for quite a while as well yeah born and raised uh that's uh you know home for me uh Churchill Downs home base we keep a lot of the, the the really good horses there and uh you know we use it as a hub in the summer to ship wherever it may be ellis obviously saratoga um you know california east coast wherever it may be but that that's kind of the home base but we obviously keep a very very good group of horses here at saratoga in the summer as well you bounce back and forth in the summer between here and ellis uh yes uh mostly here in churchill uh jorge abregu is my main one of my main guys he's been with me for like 13 14 years and and um he 
takes care of everything at Ellis, and he, he he won the trainer's title again. I always say he won it. He gets to keep the trophy and all that <laughs> stuff. So he had a great summer there. And, um, yeah, I'm back and forth between Churchill a good bit. Okay. I, I don't think I've missed a weekend up here this year, uh, but I'm normally back on Sundays and uh, back to Kentucky on Sundays and, and back up here on Thursdays or Fridays. And you said you're uh, before the show you said you're heading out here after racing on Monday, which, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense. Do you keep an outfit up here after the meet? Because, again, for people I've mentioned the last few days, who aren't familiar it's not just the racing season training goes from april to november up here yeah no no we uh we'll ship uh the the horses we want to keep on the naira circuit they'll go down to belmont okay well that that'll grow uh once this is over that'll pump that division back up and and have those horses ready for the uh belmont and aqueduct makes sense um all right let's get uh talk a little bit about uh, what's happened so far and the one i obviously wanted to bring up was just the other day uh the grade one personal ensign um you had two titans in there with Clarier and Nest, and you're going to win uh, with Idiomatic. The number one horse, Idiomatic, over Secret Oath. Nest runs uh, third in here, Clarier uh, fifth. But what were your expectations coming in, as they say, with the two titans in the division? What were you thinking when you entered Idiomatic, and what what did you come out of the race feeling about her? Yeah, look, I mean, it, it, she's, she's – um, we felt – when she when she performed the way she did in the Shawnee at, Ch- at Churchill, I thought you know she she could run with the best best fillies and mares in the country based off that performance. Um, big effort there. She obviously shipped over to Delaware, overcame a tremendous amount with a very hard stumble at the start. We're probably lucky Florent stayed on. Uh, she was able to overcome, like I said, the stumble, uh, not being on the lead, and uh, showed that her you know her ability to go beyond a mile and an eighth, we can go a mile and three sixteenths, and then. As soon as that, you know, race was over, we turned our attention toward this and, and thought about California. Um, California come up a little quick. It was back in four weeks. I thought, I'll just bring her to Saratoga, train her up for this. And the way she was training, the way, you know, the race looked on paper, I thought, you know, she had enough speed to establish um, a clear lead. She did, and, and I, I knew she would, figured she would stay on. She always has in her races, and, uh, you know, it was a big effort and a big big performance and very proud of her yeah you have to feel great about that as they say it was that was a salty field with those other two in there i also wanted to pull up out of town because uh as you stated you have horses at various venues um and you you won the arlington million this year we're going to take a look at set piece uh getting it done in the arlington million which this year was run down at colonial downs seven years old uh you have to be happy with this performance <laughs> yeah no this is this is a cool race i mean for this horse to get a grade one we we've taken some shots in grade ones and he come up you know, he, he's run, run very respectable. He actually was second here in the four-star Dave. Um, he was favorite in the uh, the grade one at Woodbine a year or so ago and just never really could get it done in, in a grade one. But this this was obviously a big effort. You know, listen, he's a seven-year-old gelding. We, we give him the winner off or... You know, in December we just kind of kick him out for the winter, and he he really responds well. The the Judmont team does a great job with him. He just hangs out there in Kentucky the month of December and January, and we get him cranked back up for the spring. But he's just a really really cool horse. Um, and he's a beautiful horse, and we all we liked him in the beginning. And you know, he he, he ran well, and he kind of was in and out a little bit. But you know, he's once again a gelding, so he, he you know he's he serves his purpose well. He's he's as honest as the day is long, and and just very once again very proud of him and. You know, very happy for the Judmont team to get a great one for him. Yeah, and uh, marching towards $2 million in uh, earnings. That was the 13th victory uh, in the career for that one. Fill us in. What's up next maybe for set piece? And also, what's up next for Idiomatic? Um, uh, you know, Idiomatic will probably look at the um, 
Spinster. Uh, Judmont's obviously the uh, sponsor of the race. The, we, we, we like the distance, bring her back home to Kentucky, train her. Obviously, it's around two turns. We think she excels around two turns. She's done her best running around two turns. So, you know, I think that makes the most sense for her right now. And obviously, um, Seppi's unsure really, really right now. He, he just had his first work back at Churchill this morning, just an easy half mile. Uh, not sure. Talk it over with Prince Khaled's family and, and make a decision in the near future. I think maybe the, the, the Coolmore Mile at Keeneland. Um, yeah, just Keeneland. looking at Turf Mile last year, he was fourth, but a close-up yeah, fourth. Yeah. Closing and, up you know, up. one thing, I, I think some people said something about, you know, him, you know, oh, how come you hadn't tried him beyond a mile and a quarter? Well, I, you know, he got a great setup the other day, and I think it was maybe more of the pace than it was the distance. Yes. That would be my take on it. But overall, you know, he's still going strong at the age of seven, and, you know, we'll uh, we'll find something for him. It's fun to have a horse like that. It's fun for fans to root for horses like that, too, that stick around. And yeah, for sure. Uh, land on. I uh, wanted to pull up also on New York Bread Showcase Day because we always like to tout the New York Breads, and you, you've got a nice one now in the barn. Caldwell mm-hmm. loves gold. Uh, broke the maiden in the career debut back on July 27th and then came back uh, just a few days ago. Again, New York Showcase Day. Uh, Caldwell loves gold. Is going to be the number one horse here, winning the uh, Seeking the Ante. Talk a little bit about her and, and how good it is to have a, a talented New York bred. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, New York breds can, you know, they, they can compete on open stage as well. But th- this is a nice filly. She received a really good figure out of this race. Uh, we liked her uh, leading up to her debut and then obviously came back and, and put two back-to-back races together and looking forward to, you know, what, what lies ahead for her. Like I said, good figure out of the race the other day, moved forward a good bit, and, uh, you know, not certain if we'll, you know, stick to the New York Reds for now or open company. We'll just kind of let I, some I of the other horses. When you have a talented New York Red, your options are open, but when do you kind of feel like, eh, let's try open company? Because they're the, the, the big New York days where you can go for the big money. And- yeah, for sure. It, it's, it's um, you know, I think you just kind of got to ha- handicap the division overall, and kinda, we'll find out more about the division today with, um, yeah. with the spinaway. So, uh that's going to determine maybe what we do moving forward. Yeah, very good. Uh, also wanted to pull up because I always like to take a look at, uh, you know, horses that may be worth looking at going forward. You had a first-time starter, again, uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, Gold Lightning in the career mm-hmm. debut. I, I was kicking myself. I put this one right underneath in the second spot. I looked up at the board and said 14-1. to 1. So I happily played a little bit there yeah. uh, with a nice price, but Gold Lightning uh, in the career debut the other day by Bolt Dioro. Talk about, you know, just a first-time starter. And, and in these situations, do you get indications in the morning that you're going to get an effort like this? Or what were your expectations going in? Uh, she, she, this filly was actually down at Belmont with Dustin. Okay. He liked her a tremendous amount. Um, you know, I, 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 he, we sent her up. She, she got called up. And, and uh, we went, worked her from the gate here at, at, on the Oklahoma track. And I thought it was a good move, but I, did, I thought she struggled a little bit with the dirt. Uh, tried to work her on the turf. We got rained out a couple times. Um, worked her on the dirt again. I thought she worked well enough, but just maybe struggled with the dirt a little bit. I was wanting to make her a dirt horse, but and I'm not saying she's totally not, but well, she I, wasn't struggling with the turf. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I didn't know how she would handle it. To be honest with you, based off you know not, with not having an opportunity to work her on it, but uh, you know she she did display a good bit of stamina so i didn't figure she would get tired if i run her long on the turf first time and uh, turn for home the other day i thought man if frankie can get if, if manny franco can get a seam um she looks like she's got a horse and she really responded well and kicked home and, and what are the the options with that one going forward absolutely the miss grillo would okay. be would be, be an option there at belmont uh, and then the the uh 
I think the Jessamine at um, Keeneland would uh, would be a, a race in play as well. Um, you know, I think she deserved the opportunity to go directly into the greatest state company based off what we saw the other day. I, I think it, from what I heard, was a you know a good maiden race. I think some other outfits, the barns in there that like their horses and she performed well and, you know, she earned the opportunity to, you know, march forward to a great stake. You mentioned also you looked at the numbers. Which numbers do you look at? All of them. Okay. Uh, well, most of them. Um, like the Ragason, I like the buyer. Um, those, uh, you know, some of the Equibase figures, but you know, those are probably the two I, I zero in on the most. Um, you know, they're not always right. They're not always wrong, right? I mean, most of the time they're right, but there's some numbers that, you know, you kind of you know, that's why I think you have to have more than one option yeah, or one yeah. number to look at. So uh, that's kind of what we use. Yeah. Uh, and do you use those in planning the next start as well? Uh, so, sometimes. A lot, lot of it's visual, too, and, and knowing the horse and, and just knowing, uh, you know, what they're capable of, if they're capable of more, less, um, you know, how they train, what you know, how much that particular race took out yeah. of them. Uh, once again, like who – Maybe moving forward uh, in the division, uh, just like the New York bread. You know, if if we were to maybe look at a, a open company with her, it might be a great one next time. If just say if Philly wins really impressive today in the spinaway, it may make this field in the um, in the Frisette smaller yeah. to take a shot on a Grade One placing. Even though you're not winning, you, you know, running second and third in those Grade Ones are value, very valuable, especially for Phillies. Phillies yeah. yeah. Um, all right, that's a, a little review. Let's do a little preview because uh, coming up a little bit later on. Uh, we talked about on the handicapping show, but we have the Prioress coming up mm-hmm. today. Um, I like Dazzling Blue. We're going to uh, actually go back a couple of starts to the win at Churchill. Dazzling Blue is going to be the number one horse. Subsequently finished uh, second to the super talented but ill-fated Maple Leaf Mel in the uh, victory ride. But that snapped a four-race win streak, a three-race win streak that was included with this win we're looking at here at Churchill. Are you looking for the rebound this afternoon? Thoughts on Dazzling Blue and the Pirates? Yeah, for, for sure. Um, I expect her to, to, to move forward off that victory ride. Um, I thought she drew well. It looks like it's uh, you know five fillies in there kind of all want to do the same thing, be forwardly placed. So this is going to give Joel an opportunity to kind of sit where he likes. Um, she, she's good. I like this filly. We liked her a lot last year as a two-year-old. She's always shown up and run hard. We had to back off of her this winter, give her some time. No issue, no major issue at all. Just needed to be freshened up a little bit. She responded well with that. And uh, I think she's got a real shot to pick off a graded stake here today. She's been working very, very well across the street on the Oklahoma track. So if she if she puts in an effort today like she has of the mornings with these works, I think she's set up for a big one. Um, she's only sprinted so far. To, uh, today's also six furlongs, so you've kind of stuck with that. Mm-hmm. How do you decide? When you have a, a something of a confirmed sprinter, or eh, let's try a little bit longer. Yeah, just I, I think first and foremost you have to watch your races and you know your feedback from from the jocks and obviously of the morning training, um, just based off you know how, how uh, she's presented herself pretty much since we picked her up last spring. Um, just kind of always thought she might be a little bit limited on distance. Um, you know she she's she's. She's really good at what she does so far. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just don't really know if it's um, you know she's one that wants to go yeah, much beyond. What's yeah, exactly. Yeah. But one, wants to go much further than. than by six, into six mischief and a half. again. That first time starter by Bolt Yoro. You have any uh, sires that that really stand out to you that you love to get them in the barn? Uh, into mischief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's easy. That's an easy question. We've had a lot of luck with him throughout the years, and he's been very good to us. Uh, also wanted to uh, take a look um, because you have one down at Kentucky Downs uh, coming up in the uh, 
to gun runner a little bit later. We're going to go back and look at uh, Ellis Park, Kentucky Downs preview day, the Dueling Grounds Derby. Wadsworth's going to be the number 10 horse showing up a little bit later today, as I say, in the gun runner down at Kentucky Downs. That's a quirky track, and, yeah. and, and it's just going to depend, I guess, if horses take to it or not. But talk a little bit about words, Wadsworth and the performance here and leading into the, the race this afternoon at Kentucky Downs. Well, well, I thought he was my derby horse last year. Okay. When, I, when I brought, and not Dueling Grounds Derby, yeah. but uh, I thought, <laughs> we had him here at Saratoga. He was training really well. We very high on him from the start. He's, you know, very, very good looking quality road. Um, he, he didn't really pick his feet up as up much on the dirt as we like, so we, we uh, get castrated and put him on the synthetic. He went forward. Uh, then we you know, transferred his form over to the turf. His numbers have gotten better. Uh, on the turf, I think that can come with, you know, obviously liking the surface, but with age as well. Um, you know, he, he's he's danced a lot of dances, but he's he's still going strong. You know, midway through his three-year-old season, and uh, you know, once again, like you said, the, the dueling grounds. Listen, there's there's a million reasons to give it a shot, right? Today for this horse, <laughs> um, and with being a gelding, but you know, you don't really know. We try to get him over there. Let him gallop over the track a day or two. He had that opportunity. He schooled yesterday. All that went well. So you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. But it, it's kind of one of those things where if it if it's really good, you you, you listen. You can't try it again for a whole year. And yeah, if yeah. it's really bad, you don't go back and you don't worry about trying it again. Well, it sounds like you have a uh, on the training side have the similar reaction that handicappers do. It's just it's so quirky. You're taking a shot and you yeah. you don't really know. It's going to depend if the if the horse likes the track, right. but but at least you're maybe giving a little run over the track and getting some kind of an idea. Yeah, several years back, kind of watched another trainer. I'm not going to say his name. Had a tremendous amount of success there, and it kind of seemed like he shipped in to, to and trained over the track. So we started doing it, and as soon as we started doing it, it's kind of picked up and did a little bit better. But uh, it, it, the racing, listen, the racing's got extremely tough yeah. there over the last three or four years. It's it's not just a local thing. It's not a Kentucky thing. There's horses coming from you know really everywhere to, to zero in on it with the money and uh, it, it's it's an exciting meet yeah as you said there's a million reasons or maybe multiple yeah, million reasons yeah, exactly. why, why to take a shot uh and let's just go to the weekend before we let you go timberlake we're going to take a look at the uh the win july 21st out at ellis timberlake's going to be the number seven horse you've got him rolling in uh, closing day uh the hopeful what are your expectations for timberlake i like this colt a lot we, we liked him first time out obviously he was um this was a nice win did this get a nice number uh, yeah, he was 85 buyer. Um, I think he was like a 12 on the sheets. But, you know, um, you know, one with something left. I think the horse that was second came back and won right back. So, now this is a colt that's been, you know, act like he was really good from day one. Um, you know, his works every week were really solid. And he was one of the, obviously, early two-year-olds. And he, he was able to get his maiden broken in his second run there. And we, you know, turn our attention toward this race. He's been working really good across the street on the Oklahoma track. Uh, you know, he's a very, very good workhorse. And it's a very good addition of the, the hopeful. Um, we were a part of it last year, and it was obviously turned out to be a very good group as well. But uh, this is a pretty deep group of horses, and you're going to have to get, get, get a good position here on Monday because this is a solid group. Another offspring of Into Mischief. Yep, so, there you uh, go. Uh, Brad, I always appreciate the, the visit, particularly on a Saturday morning. I know it's always busy up here at Saratoga, so we appreciate you taking the time. And I'm rooting for the record-breaking win. Over yeah, me too. <laughs> Hopefully we can add to yeah, it. Very good. Brad, appreciate the visit. Good luck. Th- thanks, Seth. All right, we'll uh, head to a break. When we come back, he's in the house. Peter Thomas Pornatal from In the Money Media and more. We'll take a look at some races on this afternoon's card and more with Pete right after this. Stay tuned.
Sports and receive great savings on well-known brands like John Deere, Sherwin-Williams, Big Ass Fans, Farmers Insurance, and Office Depot. Join thousands of other equine members and support companies that give back to the sport we all love. Call 866-678-4289 or visit equinediscounts.com to start saving today. Sometimes it pays to go with the flow, to check your worries at the door, to reconnect with your crew, to follow the thrills and the flavor, to roll with it and see where it takes you, to enjoy every minute to its fullest, and to dance like there's no tomorrow. You can do that here at Rivers Casino and Resorts Connectedy, where the good times flow. No matter where in the world you are, the excitement of wagering on horse racing is just a click away. You'll get live streaming, past performances, race replays, our virtual tote board, analysis and selections from professional handicappers, a simple, safe, and secure wagering platform, and best of all, you get track prices. CapitalOTBBet.com. Bet any place, anytime at CapitalOTBBet.com. And be sure to download our new mobile app from the iTunes Store or Google Play. Welcome back to Racing Across America on this, the final Saturday of the Saratoga Meet. Always kind of a melancholy time, but we have three more days left, and it looks like three more very nice days up here at Saratoga. So uh, head on up and enjoy the uh, final action uh, up here for the season. Uh, And final Saturday of the season. I knew I had to squeeze him in before uh, he got out of town because when Pete sat down, he said, uh, we're on a streak here and we're keeping it going. <laughs> Pete Fornital, Peter Thomas Fornital of In The Money Media and more. Pete, good morning. Good morning to you, my friend. It is such a pleasure to be here on truly one of the most it gorgeous is. mornings of the meet. This is, this is what it's all about. We've got a couple great days, three great days of racing ahead of us, and uh, I, for one, can't wait. Uh, you've got a house in town now and i, I know you enjoy uh, activities over there i saw on twitter a little birthday celebration <laughs> i saw ran into you and uh your, your mom and your aunt i yep. believe uh, yep. one day coming out of the track and so um you're enjoying saratoga with the rest of us reflect a little bit on the, the season so far it's you know it hasn't it's been a high highs and low yeah. lows kind of year and and you know i can't reflect on it without you know at least uh mentioning that it hasn't been the easiest but you know we still get to be here we get to be with our friends we get to be with our family you know i think it's a time for the industry to take some introspective uh, looks at what's going on to secure its future and it, it's it's rough but you know i'm a believer that you got to sort of feel the pain to move past the pain and that's yeah. that's sort of i think where what we're trying to figure out what we can learn from this meet to make it a better game going forward and 
amidst it all, despite the despite some of the rough stuff, it has been a great opportunity. You mentioned having uh, I was able to have my mom and my aunt here, my daughter Perrin, now ten years old, really starting to get into racing on a pedigree and history oh, level. So that that's going to eventually lead to handicapping. I think we have one of her school friends up this weekend, so it's it's kind of a fun weekend for me. I get to be with the what we call the affectionately civilians. So I'll I'll be ready to explain you know what a furlong is and and all like that kind of fun stuff. But we'll uh, hopefully have some winners and have a couple more great meals in the place I like to call the little house on the east side. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, we were at your house uh, recording you a couple of years ago. That's right. Nice little spot right uh, right around the corner, essentially, and uh, a great spot to spend the summer, certainly. And you you, you hit on it, and, and we've talked about it, obviously. There are clearly some, some rough patches, the weather at the beginning, but obviously the, the incidents on the racetrack. Um, but there are also some highs, Archangelo and uh, Gunite and Echo Zulu yep. and, and great performances. But you're right, and, and I tell people maybe to go uh, the Q&A with Mark Cassie over at TDN and the TDN Writers Room with Mark Cassie just recently. I think, and I had uh, Jim, Bond, Jim and Tina Bond in yesterday, and we hit on it a little bit, but then after the show was over, I sat here for an hour talking with them, and I think everybody is kind of taking this chance to reflect a little bit. Hopefully, you know, we the highs were great, but the lows were kind of reflecting on hopefully moving forward from in a positive fashion. Yeah, I think that's well put, and I like the idea of getting horsemen more involved in these conversations. You know, we have this national authority now. I'd lo- I wish they would have more boots on the ground, more two-way communication. I've talked to a lot of horsemen off the record. They have their opinions. Hard to get people to talk on the record. Everybody kind of yeah. keeping their head down in this time. But I'd like to see our friends at HISA open the doors a little bit and get the feedback from the people who deal with these animals and are entrusted with their care yeah. every day because they love them more than anybody. And everybody really wants the same things here. Just got to figure out a way to get on the same page. And that's something we have to reiterate all the time. If you come to the backstretch and you, you talk to the people who take care of these horses every day, they, they, they most of them are here because they love horses. That's exactly. why they're involved. You wouldn't do this crazy lifestyle if you didn't. <laughs> and so I think we have to, to, to push that aspect a little bit more. Um, also, before uh, we move on and, and do a little handicapping, want to let you tell in the money media, uh, which has become an empire of podcast. <laughs> I was, visited the website uh, just the other day. I had a case in, so I was on the website pulling up her uh, a podcast which kind of deals with uh, the sales side of things, but talk a little bit about just generally, but also specifically some of the podcasts and subjects you hit on now with uh, In the Money. Sure, well, we've been blessed to have great talent like Acacia and Maggie Wolfendale and JK all doing shows on our network. So any glory I accept for In the Money is a, a reflection of people like that. Matt Bernier has to get mentioned as well, and the fantastic work they do. We started off as one show. And we realized, you know what, there's more of an opportunity here than to just talk about one racetrack every weekend. And now we're at the point where we have a team of regulars. We cover racing across the country. We have the deep interview show with JK. We have more fan development type shows with the work that Matt does and also our friend Spencer Lugenbuehl with a show called Redboard Rewind that's almost like an old handicapping book but in audio form really trying to help people learn how to uh, sniff out long shots and construct tickets and things like that. It's been great and it's expanded beyond podcast now where we have a YouTube channel in the money media over there a lot of visual content a newsletter that's 6,000 people strong so it's been great and it's really been a result of the support of the fans and listeners I thank the listeners at the end of every show and I do that with uh, with great sincerity because without them 
we wouldn't be much. And then I also have to give credit to our industry partners, people. I mean, I, I, if I start naming them, it'll be the rest of the segment. But all corners of the industry have really stepped up to support us. And we must be doing something right because they, they continue to want to make deals with us. And I just I like the idea that we're sort of a community within racing. And your support and Steve Bick's support from the very beginning have really also enabled us to thrive. Yeah, easy to support because, again, you guys do great work. And uh, Nick Luck, I, I see. Has, oh, and you also do a little harness racing. I like that. Got to I, that I, in I there too. Started across the street yeah. way back when, so I like that. And so you're really touching on all aspects. And uh, I highly tell people to just visit the website if you haven't already done it and kind of click on some of the podcasts. You will not be disappointed. Uh, easy for, Google in the money media. Yeah, in the money podcast.com or if you just go on YouTube and look for the in the money media channel. Those are the best ways, and we'd love to have you subscribe and reach out. You know, there's a contact page right on in the money podcast.com. If you have a question for me. Uh, that goes to my personal email, so that's the best way to reach out. Or social media. I'm uh, at Looms Boldly over there. You just had the man on who trained Looms Boldly. Now you get Looms Boldly, <laughs> the human, and uh, that's another way to reach out and keep the conversation going. How, how much fun was that, that Marshall Graham name? One of those. Oh, <laughs> what a great tribute. Clay and Marshall. Talk about people who have supported us from the beginning. Clay and Marshall and 10 Strike Racing, along with the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, which we've both done some work yeah. for. They have been. They were the first partners. We before it was Breeders' Cup and Naira and, and and all these other supporters. We we had we had them and great friendships have come out of that. And I mean, I just I view it as the ultimate honor and the fact that we've been able to win a bunch of races. It didn't go as we planned up here. It wasn't really a proper race in the book form. We took a shot, um, but he'll he'll be back, and I'm really looking forward to his next run as well. Yeah, it's been fun to watch him from from the get go. And I know you were at the uh, you tweeted out pictures of you at the track for the the initial uh, run and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's been fun to watch him and, and uh, again Marshall Graham doing a great job there. That day, time. Seth, I'll point out I won the best dressed man at Aqueduct Award, which some have likened to the nicest guy in prison award. But I I still I, I was I, I keep it on my mind. Uh, very good. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Very good. So again, in the money uh, media, check out the podcast. As I say, you will not be disappointed. Part of a big part of the uh, podcast is uh, handicapping, and so. As we invited you in, I said take a look at some races today. We'll take a look at some Saratoga and maybe take a, a little look at the uh, the Pacific Classic as well. Uh, one of the races you wanted to look at, I'm intrigued to see where you go because this is my Dark Horse Play of the Day race, the sixth. Ooh. Dark Horse Play Day brought to you by the Dark Horse Mercantile in downtown Saratoga. <laughs> Got to get the plug even, in there. Even if I'm on the front side, I have to. You have, have to. to. Uh, but I went with number seven, Ocala Rocket. Uh, worked a quick 9.4 before attracting a little less than half a million at the sale. Has some win early siblings. Um, the workouts are okay. I thought this one was interesting at a 5-1 to one price. Buffoon at 12-1 to one, I think is very interesting. There's a sibling called Avocado that took six starts to win in France. But in those six starts, a win, three seconds, and a couple thirds. Agate Road is logical on the outside for uh, uh, Todd Pletcher. But it's a fun race and a, a nice big field. Uh, there are two or three others I could point out with equal conviction. Where did you go in the sixth? So there's so many ways to go in here. Yeah. As you point out, this is a little bit of uh, game theory in terms of pick bets and whatnot. Because I think it's a race where most people are going to spread with good reason. But there's a horse I feel like I can really attempt to 
to get stuck okay. into in here. That's the number three runner, Tom Collins, for Suge McGahee. This horse took money and showed speed in that off-turf debut, but this is a very turfy female family. The Dam Party now ran a winning race on debut, was stakes place, did most of the work, did all the work, I think, on turf and synth. Both siblings were turf runners and ran good numbers. I just thought this was a spot where the world is going to spread, so I'm going to look to get a little bit narrow with Tom Collins. Certainly don't mind the idea either, depending on how you're playing your pick bets, of maybe having some lines where I get very narrow to Tom Collins and then maybe another line where I have backups with all the ones you mentioned to some of the stronger opinions later on. But I thought Tom Collins was definitely worth a shot in this spot. And not just because it's a lovely cocktail. <laughs> it is a lovely cocktail. <laughs> uh, four to one uh, in debut. So it took a little action in debut. But do note it was an off-the-turfer. Showed some speed in there. I will note also, looking up the uh, breeding, there's a sibling called Passing Out that won yep. the career debut. I always like that when they have siblings that are win early as well. So interesting. Uh, as I say, I think it's a really fun race. That's a funny female family with Passing Out and Tom Collins. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. For, for some people... Uh, it all comes together because it, it really is a good drink. So good that, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and you, you mentioned the pick bets. Um, I like exactas. I play some pick fours. I like to play around with those a little bit. I wish they'd make the, the pick three in New York a 50-cent bet because if you hit a big price in the first leg of the, the pick four, I like to back up with that. Yep. But but it's still a dollar in New York. But for me, exactas, pick fours are where I go. Your favorite bets? I like to swing at pick fives and pick sixes from time to time. I feel like... They're bets that are it's, – it's not something I would advise just you, like a general player to do because you, you have to have bankroll and you have yeah. to be able to weather losing streaks because there's, there's going to be a lot of randomness in it. But for me these days, especially working in the industry, betting less and less as opposed to what I used to bet when betting was like part of my income, I just like the idea of being able to have a bet where you can get some other people to throw in money yeah. and you take a shot and, you know, you hit – you know, last year – uh, you know, I think I hit two all meat, but ended up with a positive. And and it's it's one of those it's one of those things. It's high risk, high reward. It depends on what you're going to track for. If I was trying to teach somebody to be a winning player, I'd say look at the old pick one. The, you know, try to g- make money on your win bets before you get the, you get jiggy with it about like the pick five and pick six. But for where I am in my development as a horse player, that 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 feels just about right right now to take a shot on some of these big Saturdays at Saratoga and try to uh, try to get lucky and get a score. You make a great point about the win. Yeah, yeah. Don't get if you're new to the game and you hear folks like us talking about the picks and whatnot. Don't get so excited. Start and and learn the game a little bit. And uh, I think we also have to recalibrate. Are thinking because I have brought people to the track. My sisters, I always use them as an example. They aren't really horse racing fans necessarily, but I brought them to the track before. And when you get new people to the track, you realize they're thrilled with a three dollar and twenty cent show. <laughs> they they want to cash some tickets, and and you have to recalibrate. But that's great because then they're interested in the game. And while you sit there, you can kind of handicap. By the end of the day, they're kind of following along and making their own picks maybe and that's how you pull people in. show parlay that might be what i do today with my uh with my civilian friends yeah, nice. you can because you can run that up yeah, too yeah, yeah, yeah. you know especially in a big saturday at saratoga we've got some big full fields today and you have that ability to start with a little and, and get with a lot and like you say cash some tickets along the way and 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 you know a lot of a lot of people will be over there today firing in those in that show pool and you might i mean i wish we had the penny breakage then that show oh, parlay yeah, becomes yeah, yeah. a great bet but it's still an interesting way to fly when you're new or have newbies around. And I applaud Oakland for their the juicing up the, the show. On-track the on-track bonus. That's track. wonderful, that, too. It really is. Um, 
and you, you've kind of hit the sore point for me because every Sunday I've been doing a show pool bankroll for randomly selected pay, LTB patrons, and so far I'm whiffing. It's, uh, but, but only takes as, one. As you said, a couple of years ago, <laughs> it was two years ago, we start with 100, and, and a couple of years ago I turned the 100 and 2,700. Yeah. So it can happen. We had a couple of $6 show payoffs in the mix. So I have one more left tomorrow. I'm, uh, I'm, let's get it. Yeah, Be optimistic. We're, we're, we're shooting for that. All right, <laughs> let's uh, take a look. Eighth race today. It's the Harvey Pack, uh, five and a half on the turf. Uh, I went with Big Invasion. Uh, Dean Reeves uh, and company uh, has run nicely up here at Saratoga before. Uh, comes over from Royal Ascot. I'll look for the rebound. Our shot uh, comes in in good form. Thin White Duke for Steve Chris. We noted earlier that would be suitable uh, if Steve Chris won the Harvey Pack. But I went four, five, three, and 2. What did you see? That's what I'm rooting for in here. Yeah. I'm not going, I think my key horse is going to be the two dancing buck just because I think there's a serious lack of speed for a turf sprint and I think that may end up compromising the likes of uh, Steve's horse the incredibly named Thin White Duke and also Big Invasion who's obviously a, a horse who's incredible talent might even end up being a contender for a race like the Breeders' Cup yeah. turf sprint I mean that's how good that form is but I do worry about the maybe being a little up against the profile of the track in this spot whereas I think Dancing Buck might have the ability to get the run of the race and get you know that race two back for, uh, I think gets the job done in here and I think it could be something similar in terms of the pace scenario but this race I really wanted to talk about because it is the Harvey Pack, and I had the great pleasure of really being introduced to the game in many ways just down the road here um, at a place that I'm not sure if it's a sponsor, so I won't say their name. Oh, you, but, can. <laughs> you can. The old Ciro's seminars for DRF, and had the opportunity to, I was the guy, people sometimes recognize me from this still. The guy who sat on the side of the stage basically and pointed to Harvey when it was time to talk. And thus a friendship began, and I had the opportunity to work on his memoir uh, together, uh, May the Horse Be With You, which was just a great thrill and a book I still get uh, compliments on to this day. And about once a month from those days on, I would go up to the Upper West Side, sometimes even with Perrin in tow, and have dinner or have lunch usually with, with Harvey and his wife Joy and hear all about the family. I understand there's going to be some good family representation right, here right. today. I'm excited for that. And it's, uh, it's an overdue and wonderful thing to have this stakes race name for him. This was just about his favorite place in the world. And I only wish I'd busted out the red jacket today. I don't own a red jacket. If I'd planned ahead, I would have had one just for today to rep Harvey, one of the all-time great yeah. uh, broadcasters and just somebody who's had an immeasurable impact on my life. I think Dancing Buck might be the one to get the job done, but I'll be pulling. I mean, look, I won't be upset to see Big Invasion. Love that horse. But, boy, to have Steve Chris, yeah, would... I believe it was Harvey who gave him the, the nickname, King of the Pick Six, and Steve was a, a regular on the old uh, thoroughbred action shows. Uh, I can't wait to see him out there in the paddock. He's a regular, too, on the In the Money podcast and just – it, it, it's going to be an emotional and, and, and wonderful thing to be and, there in the paddock for that one. And perfectly appropriate that he has a stake named after him up here. And I, I said on the earlier show, um, if you're new to the game and you're not familiar with Harvey, there has to be some YouTube there videos is. out there. And I mentioned, uh, I remember back when cable TV first came into Upstate, and I, I said WOR, and, and Marmino correct me, it was Sports Channel with yep. the, the Thoroughbred Action. WOR had the great... Uh, Saturday afternoon show with uh, Charles C. Canning and yep. Frank Wright. Frank, yep. But uh, the Harvey Pack show, which was the recap show every day, and the, the program, and May the Horse Be With. Is the, is the book still available? It, it's, it's tricky. I need to bring it back into print. Yeah. I may have a couple. 
if uh, if anybody is really interested, hit me up. I mentioned before, in the moneypodcast.com, the contact page. If I go through a box in the garage up here, I may have two or three more, but we're getting down to the nub. It needs to be brought back into print. You know, I have, and I believe Michael Pack has the original tapes that we oh, recorded. Wow. It would take some editing, but boy, can you imagine a posthumous oh, uh, audio yes. book from Harvey Pack? How cool oh, would that be? That would Maybe be a cool. project for, for a future yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or a, a <laughs> podcast series. Man. That yeah. actually might be an easier yeah. way yeah, to yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. And then at the end, do it as an audio book. Yeah. I, I, you're hired. I, I, it's good stuff. <laughs> Syracuse Newhouse graduate. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hearkening back to that 50 years ago. Fantastic uh, school. Uh, the 11th uh, today is the feature Jockey Club Gold Cup. Um, I pulled up a little replay um, because I, I said on the handicapping show earlier, I think Rattle and Roll has developed into a nice player in the handicap division as a four-year-old. We're going to take a look at the blame. Uh, this was back on uh, June 3rd. Uh, Rattle and Roll will be the winner here. Uh, subsequently ran a close-up second in the Stephen Foster. But again, he was kind of a second-tier stakes-level three-year-old last year. But he's moved into the handicap division nicely. I'm going to tell slightly in that direction. I thought Tyson was interesting, Proxy, obviously. But what are your thoughts on the uh, Jockey Club Gold Cup? When I first looked at the race, I, I thought Rattle and Roll, who we're seeing here hit the wire full of run, was, was definitely the one to beat. And the more I looked at it, the more I got interested in the second horse you mentioned, Tyson. And it's really a pedigree thing. Just going back through this pedigree, I mean, this is a horse who has plied his trade exclusively on synthetic tracks and done very well, obviously improving in great hands with Josie Carroll. Took a little bit longer to come around. But you go back in this pedigree, and the second dam is better than honor. Better than honor who produced Jazzle, who produced Rags to Riches, who produced the dam of a horse called Archangelo. So you look at this horse, and the questions with Tyson is, is he going to improve for dirt? Is he going to improve for distance? Well, based on that second dam, he's supposed to be better. He's not supposed to be just as good. He's supposed to be better going along on dirt. It's interesting to me that Josie Carroll also has Duke of Love in here, who, for whom I think you could also kind of make a long shot case. But I wonder if it isn't going to be a team tactic situation a little bit where they say Duke of Love's best chance is towards the front and that even helps set it up better for Tyson so I'm going to bet Tyson to win and I'm going to play a boxed exacta with Rattle and Roll and Tyson in this spot and I I think these are a couple of nice horses, the ones to beat I think we're going to get a decent price on Tyson and I'm really excited to see this race I I have it the opposite way obviously but yeah when I this morning on the the handicapping show I said Tyson very intriguing, trying dirt today but Josie Carroll elects to come down and, and pick this spot I found it very, very interesting. Speaking of Woodbine, though, where Josie Carroll applies uh, uh, trade on the career, uh, you were up there a couple of weekends ago for the Kings play, because uh, I, I have made the mistake many, many times. <laughs> it is no longer the Queens play, it's the Kings play. Uh, but I was kind of surprised the Cassie runner, Mark Cassie runs 1-2. I was surprised at the, the value on the Cassie winner coming out of the plate trial victory. So much of the attention in there went to Kalik yeah. shipping in, who's a horse who for, for a lot of us had tabbed for that spot for a long time, and there were just a lot of different ways to go. And that's one of those funny ones where after sometimes, sometimes certain things happen, and afterwards you say, I wish I didn't know so much, I would have just had the Cassie exacta there. And, you know, I, I felt a little bit out, out like I outsmarted myself a bit in there. It was a beautiful run through from Patrick Husbands and a, and a good result and a great day up there. That I is, was going to ask, what oh. was it? What we used to go to the Queens Plate every year, but now with the having them having switched during the pandemic, we don't get a chance because it's 
during Saratoga, but I'm assuming that the August date still turns out to be a great day. I there. think so. I mean, you, we saw we had a 17-runner field yeah. with also eligibles. The horsemen clearly love having more time than late June to get these three-year-olds ready to run the mile and a quarter. The supporting card was very strong, and it's just it's such an event. I mean, it's so funny. I, I did a double-take when some well-dressed woman asked me uh, where I, she could find the royal enclosure. I was like, wait a second. I'm, I, I thought I was in Toronto. I'm in, I'm in Basket? What's going on here? But it, it, they, they make a big thing of it. It's, it's a fashion event. It's a local event. Jim Lawson and the team, do, do, they do yeah. an incredible job. I love, I love it up there, and I'm excited to go back in a couple of weeks' time. I tasked Susan this week with picking the movies she wants to see at the Toronto Film Festival. So it will be easiest sell to a non-serious racing partner is the Woodbine Mile because you, you get that film festival in there, so, so everything comes together. And that's just such a, it's a fun, wonderful city, and hopefully I'll be seeing you up there for that one. That, that's kind of the game plan. We are uh, discussing uh, going up for the Woodbine Mile, so we'll see because I'm with you. I love it. They treat you well, and I, I think it's a fun track and the two turf courses. And it's a bit from here, a really easy drive. You pop up the throughway and at Buffalo you take a right turn and you're, you're there uh, before you know it. Careful, so. I may attempt to, to bum a ride from you <laughs> if you keep talking about how easy it is. <laughs> and you, have to, you have to share a little bit of the drive. <laughs> uh, Alright, before we let you go, I uh, also wanted to hit on, again, uh, it's a kind of a fun afternoon. I, I mentioned it earlier, it's not your father's Super Derby, but the Super Derby is today as well down at Louisiana Downs, but one of the highlights of the day will be out at Del Mar, obviously. Pacific Classic, and I think the headline uh, in the Daily Racing Forum noted the three-year-olds are really kind of intriguing here. One of those being Go Rocket Ride um, coming out of the win in the Haskell last time. Very lightly raced, but Arabian Knight is in here for uh, Bob Baffert. I've seen your Buscador is interesting to me. I think Todd Fincher, who is well-known down in the Southwest, I think is branching out and becoming a little more well-known around defunded in here also for Bob Baffert. What did you see in the, uh, the Pacific Classic? Well, first of all, I love that we're getting this clash of generations. Yeah. I remember this a little bit in the old days with the Pack Classic, but this year it reminds me of like what the Eclipse Stakes at Sandown typically is over there, where the horses from their Triple Crown Trail and they're facing against the Elder Division. This has this has that real sexy feel as far as that goes, and I think that the famous three-year-olds, while contenders, are going to create a lot of value on some of the older horses because I think a lot of people and the numbers suggest this is completely reasonable see the three-year-olds as the ones to beat yeah I really like slow down Andy in this okay. spot this was a horse that was so impressive in the dirt mile and I feel like just has excuses for the two runs this year came back in an extremely tough spot in a race that was probably a little bit too sharp in the in the Met mile and then I thought the last day in the San Diego ran absolutely huge that was a closer tilted not so great rail day at Del Mar this horse got the worst of it I thought still ran really well now third race has to answer the distance question but when we're going to get six eight to one on a runner like that i think it's okay i think slow down andy's a very very interesting item in the pack class yeah doug o'neill trainee uh, ran second to senior buscador in that uh, san diego but as you said was sitting right up there most of the way and um, got run down by senior buscador uh, i'm going to be interested to see what go rocket ride can do oh, they'll be sure. lightly raced and again with a three-year-old division that i think now has a leader in Archangelo, but yeah, this horse could be older. Uh, certainly throws his hat right back into the ring. Speaking of that, what did you think of the Travers and Archangelo? And, and oh. do you agree? I mean, he's now at the yeah. end of the class. Oh, I mean, that was just wonderful. He's a horse who makes his own trips. He's so talented. He's been brilliantly handled, beautifully trained. I mean, everything 
everything has gone right for this runner. He is now a very solid favorite overseas for the Breeders' Cup Classic, something on the order of 5-1, to one, which is probably short enough, but it shows yeah, yeah, yeah. the measure. And honestly, right up there in the betting, too, I think 10-1, to one, maybe tied second choice, is go Rocket Ride, depending on what he does today. So clearly the international market has uh, decided that the older horses are going to have a lot to, to tangle with in terms of these rising three-year-olds come the end of the year. But yeah, I couldn't be a bigger Archangelo fan. That was wonderful for both the Belmont and Travers to get the Jenna Antonucci story. Yeah. We had uh, Maggie Wolfendale interview Jenna for our YouTube channel, and she's just so articulate and a great yeah. representative of the game, and obviously, a ter- and most important of all, a terrific horse trainer. Yeah, I had her in towards the beginning of the meet because I wanted to recap Kind of that at Travers win, and, and she was she was great uh, in here, and it was fun. I, I have to admit, the layoff concerned me. I went with yep. Mays, who didn't really show up. Um, the layoff, seventy-seven days. You can go back to Birdstone. He did in eighty-four days going to Belmont to Travers victories. So it's been done. But but I was but the post-race press conference, Jenna Antonucci said, "Thank you to all the naysayers. It just <laughs> just made me." And I guess I was one of the. I was also. Uh, Javier Castellano, uh, he was interesting because he said, I wasn't even here on this day last year. I had to go down to Monmouth because I couldn't get any mounts. And so he comes back and has a just what a, a, a crazy year he's had this One year with the Triple Crown. 17th victory. Travers this yeah. year or whatever it is. He's, he's, he, <laughs> Seventh, but still pretty yeah. good, yeah. <laughs> it seemed like that, yeah. <laughs> I was going to go six, and I was like, that's wrong, so I'll just make up yeah. a number. But, yeah, they, it's it's been an incredible story watching his uh, his re-rise to, to prominence, and he's done a wonderful job with, with so in the case of so many of these rides too. It's been it's been great to see. Uh, yeah, Archangel is a great story, and it just one thing I'll say about the the layoff, and when it's the plan all along, I I'm much more into it than when it's and, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. when it's plan. It was always plan A, and that's a credit to her training. Yeah. And her ability, like the best horsemen and horsewomen, to come up with a plan and, and then stick said plan. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, before I let you go, because you alluded to it a couple of times with mentions of Europe, uh, we talked about the In the Money Media uh, empire, and I said when before you came up, we talked about that and much more. Well, some of the much more is you also are a, a correspondent. Is that the right word yeah. for Sky Sports? Absolutely. Sky Sports Racing in the U.K. I'm actually going to be on Sunday and Monday. This might be my last day at the track because I'm supposed to be on TV Sunday and Monday. Now, I may try to broadcast from the track, but that can get a little tricky, as you know. So, uh, yeah, this might be my, my swan song for, for Saratoga 23. But then I also do writing for attheraces.com. And for that, my typical piece, I've got one up for, for the Jockey Club Gold Cup. I'll do the spin away and the hopeful, where I go through runner by runner and offer thoughts, sort of like an expanded version of uh, a DRF closer look almost. And that you can read anywhere. You need special this and that to get to watch my broadcast over there because it's not technically available in the States, but the writing for AtTheRaces.com and AtTheRaces.com in general has a wide variety of excellent form analysis tools and hopefully is only going to be getting to be a better place to cover not just American racing but racing in France and in England. It can really help when you're looking at these first-time North America horses too, so it's good to, I'm glad you gave me a chance to, to oh, yeah, plug yeah. them as well. Uh, and you 
that also sparked uh, talk a little bit about your Eclipse Award because that's tied ah, in there too as well. That's it's, right. Congratulations! Well, a couple of years ago now. Still, we'll, 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 I'll tell you, it's one of those things. Uh, oh, you know, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure Don Larson never got tired talking about his perfect game. <laughs> I never tired talking about the Eclipse Award. That was a result of my main contact over there. Matthew Taylor had this idea to do a celebration of the Breeders' Cup, and actually, with it, there's a little bit of a sequel project in the works. That oh, was nice. a, a multimedia project a few years ago. You can find it if you just were to Google Breeders' Cup memories and my name. You could probably find that. But so this year. Breeders' Cup are also clients, and we do this event called Horse Player Happy Hour, where you play, it's actually worth checking out, every Thursday, a $20 game that's a, a, a basically a feeder into the Breeders' Cup betting challenge. I won't do the full plug here. It's but horse, any, horse players, right? That's exactly. If you go to horseplayers.com and look for Horse Player Happy Hour, um, this is definitely, a, it's a great contest to get involved in. We'll leave that for another time. But as part of our live streams we do every four to five on Thursday, we have been in this 40th year of the Breeders' Cup where there are so many celebrations, rightly, of moments and horses and trainers and jockeys. We're doing the horse player celebrations. And I might actually draft you for this now. I want people to come on and give their Breeders' Cup betting memory. Usually it's a triumph. Occasionally it's a close call. But uh, start, I love that. That's start, a great idea. Start thinking because I'm going to – so, yeah, I mean, the, be- the best one so far was probably having a GD Hieronymus on talking about his legendary Breeders' Cup uh, pick – I think it was a pick six or a pick seven. Pick six, I think it was, because it was 98 score at Gulfstream where he swept the, the three million in that. In that I, I don't have one that good. <laughs> we also – we have $20 bets. We have, we have near misses. We have everything. But especially if you can help me out, you know, obviously it tilts towards the recent. Yeah. You've been playing the game for, for minutes, so maybe we can go back and, and get one from yeah, yeah. Uh, from the 90s I have to or think something. About that. That's a great <laughs> idea. I love that. Yeah, very good. So maybe another Eclipse Award in the uh, offing. Uh, Pete, uh, I absolutely appreciate the visit. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, wish you a lot of good luck going forward here at the meet, uh, making the, some plays and maybe a little score uh, over the next few days, but going forward as well. And congratulations on the Empire, the In the Money Media Empire. Uh, as I say, people should check it out. Highly uh, recommended with the uh, multitude of podcasts and now the YouTube channel as well. Seems like podcasts, a lot of podcasts are kind of going over and doing a little video versions also. For sure. YouTube is a great, great area. And it's funny. I used to think if it's video, it needs a reason to be video. With young people, that's not how it works. Yeah, it can right. just be a talking yeah. head. It's the way people find content. Part of it is, not to go too down the rabbit hole on you, but it's just how good the YouTube search engine is. So this is the first year. It used to be people would say, oh, love the podcast, love the podcast. Now a third of the people say, oh, I love your YouTube. You know, it's just it's a great way for discovery and new fans and something racing needs to even take more advantage yeah, of. Yeah, well, we're on YouTube, and I, I always tell the guys, you know, you're absolutely right because when I handicap at night, uh, in my office, I typically will have the computer going, and I'll just have a YouTube video going in the background. Yep. When you pull up that front page, there are all kinds of algorithms and things that, and a lot of because of my interest, a lot of the is horse racing. Content. Serves up the good stuff. But you have to, you know, you on the content side, you have to be smart too as to how you describe it and the the likes and the yes that people should get remember that too. The likes and the subscriptions make a big difference. Comments as well. too. Comments yeah. are big yeah. in the algorithm. That helps. Anytime uh, you like a video, so, let them know. Yeah, absolutely. Pete, appreciate the visit. Uh, and as I say, good luck going forward, and uh, we'll talk again. Cheers, my friend. All right. We'll wrap it up uh, for this edition of Racing Across America. Saturday, the last Saturday of the meet. As I say, it's a little melancholy, but uh, smiles on our faces as there will be some nice weather over the next few days and some really nice racing as well. And, again, don't forget, not just here, out at Del Mar, the big day with the Pacific Classic, Kentucky Downs, 
uh, with some great stakes action as well. That Louisiana Downs Super Derby. So a great Saturday all around, and you can enjoy it via Capital OTB. So keep that in mind. But don't forget, come on up here to the track uh, if you haven't been here yet because a great day ahead. And we will be back tomorrow morning. As usual, at 9 o'clock, Handicapper Support. 10 o'clock tomorrow, the last edition of the season of Loose on the Lead with Steve Vick. So keep that in mind. Otherwise, enjoy the afternoon. See you tomorrow morning for more on OTB TV. See you then. You've been watching Racing Across America. Racing Across America has been brought to you by Pinnell's Restaurant, a Saratoga tradition since 1922. 284 Jefferson Street, Saratoga, just minutes from the track. And the Clubhouse Racebook, 711 Central Avenue, Albany. When you can't make it to the track, make it to the Clubhouse Racebook.